Welcome to the Seashore Church Message of the Week. This message is designed to bring more of heaven into your world today. For more resources like this, or to learn more about our church, visit seashorechurch.com. Let's pray to begin. God, I just, I just pray, actually, Lord, those people that have just received those books especially, I pray for the increase of hearing, the increase of seeing, the increase of getting revelation from you. It's the way you want us to live is by revelation, um, the hearing and the obeying. It's the Deuteronomy uh, 4.6, Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. And um, you sent them into the promised land saying, Hear my voice and obey my voice. It's the Shema, hearing and obeying. You've always wanted us from the very start to live this way by people who live by revelation, hearing, seeing, knowing you personally. The encounter's got to be real for people. So I pray for the increase in this in people's lives. And Father, you are speaking all the time. You are showing us things all the time. So I pray for the increase of faith. I pray, God, like the man that said, I do believe, but help my faith. Jesus, he was a man who did believe in you, but he still was just stretching out his heart and asking for help in that area. And I pray that for everybody in this room. We do believe, but help our faith. Help us catch the more. Help us catch the small vision, the small, quiet voice, the little heart beat, the, the exhale of Holy Spirit, if you're just, you, your exhale, because something's happened and you just want, you're, you're feeling something, help us be so sensitive that we even know the exhale and what that's about. We really want to just honour your heart and know you and live by that direct revelation in our heart. Help us, Jesus. Amen. Okay, so what I'm going to do first is... Um, Actually, sitting over here, the Lord goes, start with this. Don't start with the other stuff. <laughs> so you've got to, got to hear and obey, <laughs> right, in practice, right in front of you. Um, if you open up your Bibles to 2 Kings, I actually have the wrong chapter. Hold on. Um, 2 Kings, oh, where is it? Now, I've got to find it. Okay, 2 Kings um, chapter 6. So this is about Elisha. Elisha was, um, he, he was a man who um, was a prophet and he served Elijah, who's a more famous prophet in the Bible. We talk about people know the stories of Elijah a lot more than they do Elisha. While Elisha was Elijah's um, servant or intern or whatever you want to call it, um, but Elisha, in, in 2 Kings is where you can start reading about Elisha's, Elisha's um, life of miracles and hearing and seeing the Lord and living prophetically, right? I, I encourage you because it's very, it'll encourage your heart. Um, so we're going to read here. Um, it says, it's from verse 8, Elisha traps the blind Arameans. So from verse 8 it says, Now the king of Aram was at war with Israel. After conferring with his officers, he said, I will set up my camp in such and such a place. The man of God was sent, uh, sent word to the king of Israel, though. Beware of passing that place because the Arameans are going down there. To catch this, it didn't really, it, the, the verses are quite short. One king has set up camp, the prophet hears from God, that king set up camp and he goes and tells his king, right? So it's Ben-Hadad who's the... Um, king of the Arameans, and uh, the other king's the king of Israel. So the, Elisha the prophet's telling the king of Israel and giving away the enemy's plans to the king of Israel, right? Strategic 
war plans are being given from the prophet right to the king of Israel for protection, right? Because God loves us and he wants to protect us. Verse 10. So the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by the man of God, Elisha. Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on his guard in such places. This enraged the king of Aram. He summoned his officers and demanded of them, tell me which of us is on the side of the king of Israel. <laughs> so, so the king, like, um, he's, he's really mad. And he's, who is giving away the plans to the other king, our enemy? Who, who's, who's the mole in my generals or my core of you know, advisors? Who's the mole? And it wasn't a mole. It was the Holy Spirit literally listening into that conversation and then going and telling the prophet who would then go and tell the king of Israel, hey, look out. Here's a plan you need. Be, be rare. Be ready. Watch out. Here's the protection information, strategic warfare information, right? It's real. Okay. Tell me which one of us is on the side of the king of Israel. Verse 12. None of us, Lord... Elisha the prophet who is in Israel tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. <laughs> so, funny God, right? God's so funny. Um, tells, tells the king of Israel. The prophet tells the king of Israel the very words that you, King Ben-Hadad, speak in your bedroom. <laughs> so, so Ben-Hadad, go find out where he is, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. The report then came back. He's in Dothan, and then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force down there, an army, right? He sent by night, and they surrounded the, the city that Elisha was in in the nighttime. Verse 15. In the morning, when the servant of the man got up and went out early, and the army with the horses and chariots had surrounded the city, and he's freaking out, right? Oh, no. <laughs> There's an army surrounding the city, the, the enemy army. And so, oh, no, Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. And this is, this is where really what I'm wanting to explain. Elisha, calm, calm, cool, collected, not at all concerned about the enemy army gathered, not at all concerned that they've come to capture him, torture him, possibly kill him, right? Literally just goes, don't be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. It's a famous little verse. Don't be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. It's a famous little verse that gets talked about a lot, but not really always explained why. So verse 17, Elisha then prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Elisha's talking to God, asking God to ask, you know, open my servant's eyes so he can see, spiritually see. Then the Lord opens the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots and fire all around about. So that's why Elisha wasn't afraid. So he knew that there was a physical army that had come to collect him and do damage, <laughs> like real damage. You're giving away the plans to, you know, the enemy, our enemy king. So we want to take away that ability for that king, which means we take you away, hostage, captive, kill you maybe. So we're going to do this. We're going to do this. Everyone just close your eyes as I'm going to pray the same prayer. Jesus, I thank you. We have the Holy Spirit fully in us all the time, never leaves us. We're a new creation. And we have in that place 
better access, more access, never-ending access to you, Holy Spirit, who fills us every moment of every day. We're a new creation. And so where we can read of these amazing stories of Elisha, God, help us see ourselves in these stories. Help us put ourselves there because that, that says do it again. God, so you'll use us just like that and you'll speak to us just like that and you'll show us things in the Spirit just like you showed Elisha and then his servant also. So, Jesus, open our eyes, Lord, so that we may see. Open our eyes, Lord, so that we may see and know by revelation everything and anything you want to communicate to us on any issue of our life, every single day of our life. I pray for the increase in Jesus' name. Okay, right, hang on, I've got to get comfortable and get some water. Can I get some water? Sorry, right there. Thanks. So I see in the spirit, and I know there's other people here in the room that do, Seeing in the Spirit is just one way, right? Um, seeing in the Spirit can work, operate through um, the discerning of spirits or through the prophetic gift. It's both, right? Because you can have prophetic seeing or you can have the discerning. And God wants us to have it all, right? We only don't have because we don't ask. Ask and God gives generously, right? And so, and so I see in the Spirit and I wanted to talk today a little bit about some of the stories and the whys behind why this is so fantastic for our faith, to increase our faith and really sharpen us. Who knows, just like the story I just read, we're an army on the earth. We're supposed to be an army on the earth, right? We're supposed to be the people who are taking ground for the Lord, taking territory back from the enemy who is a usurper. He's a usurper. He's an enemy occupying force our job is to go and take that ground back and give it back to Jesus right Jesus has already destroyed all the power of the enemy he only lies to us through deceit and so because of the deceit and the lies that we believe we've sat down and stopped being the army right we've got to get up and part of the getting up is the receiving a revelation and acting on the revelation understanding that as we action our faith and start to go help me god i believe but help my faith that's from mark chapter 4 i believe lord but help my faith right and so so you can pray those prayers and i do every day i believe lord but help my faith <laughs> grow it again <laughs> and um the, the more we just do that and just press into the things that god has for us and sometimes sometimes pressing into the slightest i think you just said this so help me but it's the paying attention and the intentional uh, of our heart intentionally going i'm going to pay more attention to you than i am to social media or i am to the news or i am to whatever other you know however information comes into you i'm going to pay more attention to the things that you want to say to me God and I'm going to action those in my life more than any action anything else which includes me also then giving the best of myself and my affections to you because it's all part of that right okay actually do you know what before I even move on I'm not even using my notes but this is all right um, we're going to read second kings again actually story from second kings um, but this is Chapter 8 this time. In chapter 8, um, Ben-Hadad the king had got sick. He's very sick on his deathbed. But Ben-Hadad the, king of the, the enemy king of, of Aram, he had by now realised, oh, this is a man of God, I better pay attention. But he's sick on his bed and he sends his... This time, instead of sending an army to uh, collect him and put him in jail, <laughs> this time he sends um, his, uh, one of his generals, Hazael, 
Hazael. I'm probably not saying that right. <laughs> uh, this time, so he sends his commander to the prophet to say, ask, ask the man of God, ask the prophet, am I going to live or am I going to die? <laughs> so this is where we break into the story. Uh, Hazael has gone to Elisha. Verse 10, breaking in at verse 10. He's asked him, he's asked Elisha, is my master Ben-Hadad going to live or is he going to die? Elisha answered, verse 10, go and say to him, you will certainly recover. Nevertheless, the Lord has revealed to me that he will in fact die. So he's going to recover, but then he's going to die. doesn't make sense really until the more, you read the more. The Lord has revealed to me that he will in fact die after he recovers. This is what Elisha did then. It says, Elisha stared at Hazael with a fixed gaze until Hazael was a little bit embarrassed. <laughs> so, just imagine like you've gone to the prophet and you're trying to get information on your, for your boss. Like, and, you, and you've brought to the prophet big gifts and everything and you're standing there going, I just need information for my boss. But the prophet then just gives you the information and then stares you down for a little while. <laughs> so, I find this really funny because it goes, he goes, he goes, he stared at him with a fixed gaze. And that's uncomfortable, right? He's like, oh, just standing in front of someone, just like, uh, how long was it? <laughs> with no words. <laughs> just going to stare you down. Um, it doesn't say how long it was, but it does say this. Um, the man of God, the prophet, began to weep. So he's so staring at Hazael, and then he starts crying. Like, that's awkward. Right? For Hazael, who doesn't really know the man of God other than he gets information somehow from the Spirit. Right? And anyway, this is what he says. Why is my Lord weeping? asked Hazael. And this is where this we've got to pay attention, okay? Because this is what Elisha was getting in the spirit, because he was seeing it in the spirit, just like we are invited to see things in the spirit. It says, I know the harm you will do to the Israelites. So as he's been staring at Hazael, what he's really been looking at is a vision of what Hazael is about to do with his life in the next few days, but then even over the next few years, because he, he oppressed Israel. So, you go, so the prophet is saying, I've been staring at you and now I'm crying because I know the harm you will do to the Israelites. You will set fire to their fortified places, kill their young men with a sword, dash their little children to the ground and rip open pregnant women. Hazael said, he's a bit offended probably, <laughs> how could your servant, a mere dog, accomplish such a feat? Hazael is a false humility. I'm a mere dog. How could I do that? Like really, there's already evil in his heart, right? If he's going to go do that stuff, there's already evil in his heart. How could your servant, such a mere dog, accomplish such a feat? The prophet then continues and says, The Lord has shown me that you will become king of Aram. Then Hazael left Elisha and returned to his master, Ben-Hadad. And Ben-Hadad said, What did Elisha say to you? Hazael replied, He told me that you will certainly recover. Verse 15. The next day, Hazael took a thick cloth soaked in water and spread it over the king's face so that he died. He suffocated him. Hazael killed the king. Right? So then Hazael became the king of Aram and did all the things in the vision that was given to the prophet Elisha. Now, just two examples out of kings. By the way, Hazael was leader of the Edomites. If anybody, 
ever wonders about the Khazarian people? Right there. Anyway, um, the, the, king, the, king, uh, the king of Israel had the prophet Elisha, and the prophet Elisha was giving him great information on all kinds of strategic warfare stuff. But there was only like a few prophets for all the thousands of people. There were thousands of prophets in Israel, but, but it was much more rare. The word of the Lord was much more rare, Old Testament, because they weren't the new creation that we are today. They didn't have the Holy Spirit on them and filling them every day, just the way we are, we do now. Every single believer in Christ now is filled with the Holy Spirit and that is the biggest and best gift you are ever going to receive. Other than the salvation, eternal security with Christ, eternal salvation. But it is for the friendship that you're invited into with the Lord, right? Every single believer is invited into incredible intimate relationship where you can hear the voice of the Lord, have visions, dream dreams, prophetically get information. So where the king had a prophet, right? You, you, you yourself are a king unto God and you are a priest unto God and you are a prophet unto God. It's a kingly, priestly and prophetic um, calling on every single believer's life. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you are the prophet. You are the king because we, we are royalty, sons and daughters of the king of heaven. Okay, we are royalty. Understand our position. Understand also priest unto God who's meant to worship the Lord with everything we have giving or I mentioned earlier all of our affections given to him right that's what a priest does is the organizes the worship well we are the worshiper giving the worship back but also prophetic we are supposed to be people who can utter the prophetic word of the Lord at any moment Anytime accessing, sometimes it might just be straight scripture that we're speaking into a situation. Other times it's literally the inspiration of the Holy Spirit speaking through you and giving you pictures or giving you words, giving you visions that you can describe so that you can be a great help to the people around about you. This is, this is how God intentions to use us in the earth to tear down the enemy structures, right? And not just to tear down the enemy structures, to build up the things that God wants built up. Prophetic builds. Prophetic, if I start prophesying over someone's life, I see this and this and this over you, but yet they're not functioning in it. The mere fact that I've let it come out of my mouth starts to allow them to grab faith and walk into their identity. Because who knows, God said, let there be light and boom, there was light. Because the prophetic creates. We create just the same way God did because we're in his, his image and we're filled with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit speaks through us and he wants to create the same way. Clearly, we're not going to put more suns in the sky, <laughs> but, 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 but the things that we do with our life and the words that we speak over our, the people that we love and, and even the people we don't love and maybe don't even know, maybe it's in a supermarket, you've bumped into someone and you can just catch some of God's thoughts toward them and start a conversation and just say, hey, may, you know, think of good icebreaker, right? Oh, I love Jesus and he sometimes tells me his thoughts for other people because he loves you and hears his thoughts toward you, right? You can do, it's so easy. Don't we, you don't have to go, thus saith the Lord and lightning bolts from heaven. Just very gently, I really love Jesus and he speaks to, to me. He'll speak to you too, right? Make it so basic and so understandable and relatable to people. And, and when, they, when, when, a, when an unbeliever gets a word from the Lord about something, maybe it's future stuff, maybe it's past stuff, um, 
it is life-changing for them. It, it, it creates in people uh, uh, grace and space for them to respond to the Lord and give their life to him for the first time if they haven't before or if they already are a believer just to really step into the prophetic and into greater, deeper relationship with him. That's the whole purpose of this, right? I'm going to tell some stories. Yeah. Um, I'm just asking which stories. So give me a moment. I'm going to do this because it's a bit controversial. Okay. Someone who, who, there's a few people got those books on, on angels. No big deal. Um, but angels are real and there's angels everywhere all the time. Equally, there's demons all over the place. Um, and, um, but there's more angels than there are, ever are demons. Please understand this. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read some scripture first before I even jump into some of these stories, just to give a little bit of context, okay? So Colossians 2 verse 18 says, Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you. Such a person goes into great detail about what they've seen. And they're puffed up with idle notions by their unspiritual mind. This Bible verse is saying, do not worship demons. Be careful of those who were oh, angels. Do not worship angels. Do not worship angels. And I'm saying this because as people start to really see in the spirit, it becomes quite... Uh, 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 there's a word, I can't pull it out of my brain. Um, it, uh, it's fascinating. There's a fascination around seeing in the spirit. And that's not a bad thing because it's actually quite amazing and wonderful and glorious, right? But a wrong fascination can cause you to then chase the wrong thing. We are always only supposed to chase the heart of Jesus. Always only exalt and, and honour the Lord Jesus Christ and pursue his heart. And no matter what he gives you in the process, like celebrate what he's giving you, use it, exercise it, but don't be so fascinated that you go over into this other area so far that you actually forget that the one who it's all about in the first place, it's Jesus, all right? So we're not going to worship the stuff or start to wrongly think about um, angels and demons in a wrong way. All right, wrong, wrong attention over there. I'm going to give another Bible verse to help this as well. Hebrews 1, 14 says, Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? So, so that's us. We're the ones inheriting salvation. They are ministering spirits just like we are ministering servants of the Lord as well. They are ministering servants of the Lord and they're actually given to help us. Right. So they come and they help for great help. For us. Um, okay, Luke 10. Jesus twice, he first sent out 12 and then later he sent out 72. And both times, both times, the disciples, the 12 and then the 70 or 72, came back saying, Oh my gosh, the demons listen to us and they obey us. And they were so excited, right? Jesus said, when they said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. <laughs> right? Which is a really... Um, Again, it can set up wrong fascination, all right? Because it's not about them submitting to us. We want to help people get free all the time and deliverance ministry happens all the time and it's awesome and it should happen all the time, right? But don't be excited about that so much as you are just excited that the Lord Jesus loves you because this is what he said. He said, I have given you, uh, verse 18, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions, and to overcome all the power of the enemy, nothing will harm you. Verse 20, 
someone started clapping. That's worth clapping. Is that? Yeah. <laughs> I've given you authority to trample snakes and scorpions overcome all the power of the enemy. It's nothing will harm you. It's true, right? Verse 20. Whoever, however, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. So I give those scriptures to explain because I'm going to give you some stories now and I want to make sure people don't go to the wrong place of fascination that our fascination is really always Jesus. He's on the altar of our heart, right? And and through that intimacy is what we're even invited into this place of um, incredible spiritual encounters in the first place, right? Okay, that being said, (laughs) um, so I, I... I see in the spirit. Who else sees in the spirit? So you might see actual just see. Is quite, yeah, okay. A few people. So sometimes, sometimes it's seeing like it's a vision. Sometimes it's seeing by dreams, like daydreams or night dreams. Sometimes it's literally just seeing. I heard someone else explain it like this, and I, and I like this example. You know when you um, driving your car and you're looking at it, you're looking at the road ahead, but you can change your vision to look right immediately at the glass that's right in front of you. It's literally like a change of a lens, like your, your eyes are just coming in and going out again. That's how sometimes I can see in the spirit and I can just see what is happening around in the room and things that are in the spiritual realm around about us because it's a, uh, um, it's a, it's a very, very full uh, world around about us. There's lots of things happening all the time and we affect the spiritual realm and the spiritual realm has an effect on us all the time. Okay? So um, one time... One time, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm trying to decide which stories, sorry. <laughs> One time I saw, um, I was worship leading with Emily. The two of us were together and we had a big team and it was one of the houses, one of the bigger houses and we had probably 65 people in the room and spread out all around in a big circle and it was great. But I, I, I stopped um, singing, maybe it was something happened in the section of the songs and we just kind of let the, let worship breathe for a bit and I started to see right behind because the people were just in a big big circle but right behind the people I started to see angels but as I really kept looking I could see there wasn't just like 10 or 20 angels it looked like thousands and thousands because it caught my attention and I first started seeing them and they were they were robed in um like um, a little bit battle array, but older battle array, not not the new green uniforms. Um, a bit Romanish, but not because sometimes I see them and they've got different clothes on, right? So this, these these were like battle ready or or, or or ready to do a job, right? And so I'm I'm still just playing my guitar, going, oh my gosh, I'm really seeing this, aren't I? It's cool. And sometimes it's just to encourage your heart, but this time. And the Lord was really trying to show something to me and get me to understand something. Sometimes it's just the delight. Look, look what I'm doing over here. Other times it's, hey, get on board with my program. <laughs> or, or I've got something to show you to grow you, right? So this time the Lord goes, he said to me, he said to me, because um, I'm just watching and they looked, they looked, they, they weren't worshipping with us because sometimes you can see worshipping angels. These were angels were like as if standing ready to run, like, like, Waiting for uh, starting the starting block gun to go to run, and I and I was like, what What are they doing? And the Lord goes, He goes, He goes. They are waiting for your commands, so hurry up and keep praying, hurry up and pay attention. And I just went, Ugh. There's probably things I haven't been praying for. <laughs> Did you catch what I just said? Do you know when we're not praying? There's angels that hanging around unemployed. 
But literally, the Lord was like, hurry up and get praying. And I went, oh, okay. <laughs> and just added a whole lot more things to the things I was praying about. Um, and so, so that's not a condemnation. That's not to condemn people for not praying. But please understand, there are angels. I read the scripture from Hebrews 1.14. Understand, angels are ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation. And literally, often they go because we've sent prayers to heaven in the name of Jesus. We're asking for um, any kind of thing that you can ask for. Healing, protection, family members, um, situation at work to be fixed. Um, <laughs> so, so, so please understand, angels do answer it's they, 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 they're like, they run, they're very powerful and do amazing things. And also they do a lot of errands, run a lot of errands for heaven too, right? They serve God just like we serve God. And there's a partnership that happens even when we can't see it happening. Okay? All right. All right. So another time, um, I've seen... Um, I've, uh, angels come in all different sizes and shapes too sometimes. They're not all just looking like people but even in the bible there's a there's quite a few different shapes and types of angels in the bible um um i'm going to tell you about two angels that i saw and the size of them because i want to tell you another story after that uh, I, the biggest angel the second second biggest angel i've ever seen and this is great because the bible says that this churches have angels right um and the spiritual realm Angels and the demons even, they're uh, aligned militarily. There's a hierarchy. And it doesn't necessarily mean size means higher in the hierarchy necessarily. Uh, it just can be function, but sometimes it's size as well. Um, so one time, one time there was just five of us having a prayer, prayer meeting, worship meeting, at one of the buildings we used to rent like a few years ago. Um, it was late on a Thursday night and a few of my, um, Norman Joyce were there and Michelle Beecham, who's not here this morning. We were just praying and worshipping and I, I don't know, we just started lifting worship up in a bigger way and suddenly... I started seeing on the top of the building, which was a four-story, like a more than double height, like triple height. It was one room, auditorium, but it was very high ceiling. I could see on the top of the building that there was an angel just sitting there. And as soon as we lifted our voices, like in and went to a higher level with how we were exalting the Lord, because it had been like gentle and then we just lifted. And this is what happened. I, I, I saw the angel sitting there, like at rest, and then as soon as we lifted our voices like a great, in a greater faith moment, in the, in the moment of praise and worship, the angel slid off the building and stood to attention and started, um, what's this military term? Salute. Salute, saluted. And I just went, I, like I, I'd never seen, and it was, by the way, very tall, probably like if in a building's, building height, probably 10 stories tall. Giant, giant size of an angel. And... and um, now understand, like we we're humans, we need the Holy Spirit. It's 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 there to help us. Angels like that are real. I saw an angel that's bigger than that, and I'm going to tell this story because I want you to understand with the world and the way that the world is going right now, it can be a really scary thing. But not when you've seen something like this. I saw one time. Oh, pass me your bag because that's about the, that's about the size. It's heavy. It's heavy. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> so, so about the size of that, I'm not going to hold it very much longer like that, but um, about that size and, and so there's an angel standing there. That bag was the size of the world and next to the angel, Jesus was standing there. So just for perspective size, perspective, 
please understand that the, they, they were looking, that, like right in front of them, my view was like from your view, I was just looking and the two were standing there and the globe was right in front of them, right? And, and it was like Jesus was telling the angel his plans to implement warfare on the earth. Right, I knew from the vision. And please understand this, that, that that's the perspective from heaven on the things that are going on on the earth. And so we can't sit back and go, oh my gosh, Russia, Ukraine. Oh my gosh, COVID, lockdowns, masks, anything else. Agenda 25, 30, 1800s world reset. It doesn't matter when you understand that the globe was this small, the whole of the earth was, and it was round, all it was just right, right in front of them, and 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 the Lord was just like pointing at different areas. I couldn't see what the nations were that He was pointing at, but He was talking with the angel about His plans over the earth. So, so we can't. Um, this is why the revelation gifts like this are so powerful. Because I can't now sit in a place of fear because I've heard the latest news headline. Right? I can't sit at home going, oh my gosh, they're burning down all the factories. What am I going to do about the food? We have no room for fear in our life when we know who God is. Right? This is why it's so important for us to be in the Word, reading. And by the way, you might not have had a vision like that, but you can certainly read it in the Word. Jesus fed thousands. By the way, we just read about Elisha. Elisha fed 100 people. Right? Uh, miraculously from nothing fed 500, uh, 100 people. There's, there's all kinds of miracle stories and faith stories in here. We have no uh, permission. I don't have permission to be in a place of fear, right? Because if, 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 we, if we're the kind of people that are going to catch a revelation like that and then sit at home looking at the next you know, headline, which changes every other week, by the way, doesn't it? The next fear thing, the next distraction thing, the next thing to get your attention away from really the most important things. If we are, if we are at home coming under the circumstances and under fear, it's because we haven't allowed the Lord to really show us who he is. And he wants to show every single one of us just how big he is. And so for, to have a, have a vision of Jesus that big, discussing his plans with an angel over the world, I reckon that's pretty great, <laughs> Right? Okay, I'm going to tell you another time. Um, I saw a demon, and this demon was awful. Um, um, but there's a good part at the end. I've told this story a little bit, and I don't really know who to and who I haven't. So sorry if I'm repeating myself. But I was in Australia, and I was visiting my parents' house, um, and they live right on the water. And um, their, house is, their house is just set back up off, this, there's a rock platform and there's a little bit of a, like a 10 foot, a 10 foot rise of this um, grassy embankment and their house is right there. And, and um, in front of, there's a couple of um, very large gum trees right, right to the left side of their house. And so I went to go to bed and the bedroom that I have just looks right all over the water. And I went to go to bed and I'm just, um, my parents have gone to bed hours ago, they go to bed at seven. <laughs> So, anyway, uh, nothing wrong with that if you do that. <laughs> so, um, anyway, so, so I started to go to bed, and as I, before I even lay down on the bed, um, the, the, all of the wall, 
of my bedroom that I was staying in, the window and everything completely disappeared and I was looking at the gorgeous, because it's under the Milky Way, right? I was looking at the, the stars. I'm like, oh, I can see the stars. And then I just, just looking around going, stars, the trees, trees, demon, what? Really, over the top of this uh, very, very tall trees, the gum trees in Australia, like four-story four tall, five-story tall gum trees, over the top of the demon, uh, trees stood a demon, head and shoulders, over the top of the trees, looking right down at me into my bedroom. And, and when, when, so I'm like this, like, oh my gosh, I can see the stars. I see, oh, trees, the ocean, demon. <laughs> so it literally happened like that. Like I was just like, oh my gosh, I can see everything opening up here. Oh, there's a big demon. Here's what happened. As soon as I met its eyes, and it, I can still see it, it's yuck. It, um, uh, as soon as I met its eyes, it noticed that I was looking at it. And, it, and, it, and it, um, it, it pushed off the trees that were in front of it and the trees kind of shook like a big, big thing. Wind went through them, right? The trees shook and the demon turned around and then went walking out across the ocean away from me. And then I just went to sleep. <laughs> and I lay in bed right before I went to sleep going, ah, oh, I wasn't even scared. That, why wasn't I scared? Because <laughs> the first thing you think is that you're human, the human side, like, why? I didn't even feel a split second of fear. Like, what was that, God? And then I just went, I went to sleep and slept like a baby. And um, a few nights later, I was, um, my last night before flying back here, I was sitting down watching the sunset in the same spot where the demon had been just a few nights earlier, about a week earlier. I was sitting down there just with the Lord, thanking him for my family, thanking him for my great holiday, whatever. And, but I was watching the sun go down. And, I even, and then I said to the Lord, what was that? Because I, I, you know, I don't really want that, that thing visiting my parents again. <laughs> right? But also, why, why didn't I? Why wasn't I afraid? I mean, I want I want to ask these questions. I want to figure out, right? Ask him anything because he, he's Holy Spirit is our teacher, right? Ask him anything. So, so what he didn't speak to me. What he did was he showed me. The bay that they live on is um, 10 miles in one direction from my, my parents' house to the other end and six miles, uh, kilometres, sorry, kilometres, Australian, six kilometres from the other side, end to end, to the mouth on one side and then to the section of beach where my parents live on. Over the top of the bay, the father's hand just came down over the bay and it, and it touched each end of the bay. But the perspective of the size of the bay and the perspective of the size of the father's hand meant that that very tall, like five-story tall demon looked like it was less than half of a finger. Isn't that great? It's because they're bug squat to God. Jesus said, if I cast out demons by the finger of God, you know the kingdom of God's come upon you. It's like bug squat, right? Because he's so big. He's so big. And he wants to take us on journey like this so that we are the kind of people that can really get up and trust him, trust his word. Because um, do you know that the foolishness of the cross is, 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 is foolishness to the world, right? The, the, the message of the cross, the message of the cross of Christ. And this whole idea of that we live in a spiritual kingdom is absolute foolishness to the Western mindset that has pushed away the understanding of what it means to be people who live by the spirit. Not in Eastern countries and Asian countries, they get it because they live side by side kingdoms. They see it every day. They see there is demons and there is witchcraft and they're fighting the battle daily and they can see it and they know it. If you talk to missionaries who've gone to other countries, they, they'll tell you these stories. In the West, we've so set aside the need for our understanding for the spiritual. It's real, it's substantial, it's more real actually than, than our physical world that we live in and it's the eternal one because it's going to go on for eternity, this one's going to fade away. 
right? And so God wants, has, he has made a way for us into accessing revelation from his heart and information from his heart so that we are people who live with great faith and know how to conduct ourselves in this battle because the globe that I saw Jesus discussing the world, it, the, the, the world is the battlefield of, of it's, it's, there's only been one war. There's lots of little skirmishes between nations, but the, but the real war, there's only one war. It's been God and Satan. That's, that's the battle of, so far of the world, time, human history, the one war. And we're all in it. And we've been conscripted into God's army to get up and go fight and do our part. But we, but we have incredible help from, from heaven to do it. We have empowerment through the Holy Spirit to do it. We have information and revelation through the Holy Spirit to do it. And we have angels alongside partnering with us to do our job and take our place in this battle. Right? God wants us brave. He wants us to stand up. Get up out from under whatever the enemy has put on top of you because God has not put that stuff on top of you. You've decided to come under it. We've got to step outside of the stuff, get healed if it's necessary, forgive where that's necessary, renounce old alignments when that's necessary so that we can get up and run. Paul said, I run this race, the one marked out for me. Right? We have got to be the kind of people who can get up from outside the circumstances. And it's okay to ask for help, right? Because, because we all need help at different times. And so to come alongside other people, maybe, maybe you're, someone has had, got a little bit of a limp and you want to lean on a friend for a while and they can help you get going. And that's what church is all about. The church has been here and given and family is given so that we can help one another get free, get whole, get up and get running right? None of us can do life alone. None of us can do life in isolation. I need you as much as you need me. Like, I, I'm this, this, yeah. No such thing as isolation. No such thing as independence here. In the, there's no mavericks in the kingdom of heaven. There's only people who know who they are in Christ, live part of the family, and live fully dependent on the Holy Spirit. Amen? That's it. Jesus lived fully dependent on the Holy Spirit so that we would live fully dependent on the Holy Spirit to demonstrate to us how to do it. He lived fully dependent. If you read Philippians 2, it talks about him setting aside his, his divine attributes, his divine abilities. He never stopped being God, but he set aside his abilities at, through, through, through as being God so that he as a man would be full with the Holy Spirit so that he could demonstrate to us how to do the same things he did because he also then said... You will do greater things than I ever did. Why is that? Because he's not got an ego problem. <laughs> he wants us to get up and understand what it means to be lived full of the Holy Spirit and run this race and really serve him and bring people in the kingdom and take territory back for God. Right? That's the whole point. It's right at 12 o'clock. I should stop. So I'm going to pray this. We're going to pray this and we'll end. Um, Hebrews 5.14 says, I'll read the NIV first and then the NASB, okay? Solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Now, it's distinguish good from evil. The NIV says trained themselves, but the NASB is a more literal translation. Um, translation, if you look at the Greek, it more literally translates from the Greek. It says, um, who, solid food is for the mature, who, because of practice, have their senses trained 
to distinguish between good and evil. And the same word where it says distinguish is the same word in the Greek that is used to talk about the gift of discernment, which is the distinguishing of spirits of good and bad, good and evil. It's the same Greek word. Um, and so uh, it is, it is uh, by practice, you know, um, if you, if you, if you want to get fit, you go and work out. And sometimes it hurts a little bit until you build more muscle and then you keep working out and you build a little bit more muscle and you get a bit stronger each time, right? You exercise these spiritual senses just the same way. <laughs> really, really. You grow in the thing that you give attention to. You grow in the thing that you steward well from the Lord. All right? So this is what I'm going to pray on. Um, Jesus, help us steward well the things that you give us. Help us steward well the gifts of the Spirit. Help us steward well the revelation that you give us. Help us exercise our senses so that we can feel you, hear you, know you, feel your heartbeat as I prayed earlier. That we would feel when, when, when something has um, caused you to exhale because something's gone on in the earth that has just made your heart hurt. God, I, we want to feel it because we want to be able to stand in the gap and pray and do something about it if you want us to. God, help us be people who discern your heart, fully discern your heart and know your heart and know your will and are people who are able to get up and go do it. God, help us remember every single time. Holy Spirit is who empowers us every day into getting this revelation in the first place. And then as we get revelation, it's the hearing and the obeying. So Holy Spirit is the one who is in us, empowering us to obey every single moment. We are empowered and filled with you, filled with the strength, the same power that raised Christ from the dead is lives on the inside of us and so help us be people who live by the Spirit walk by the Spirit conduct all of our lives by the Spirit every single day help us God help us God we give you permission right we we give you permission God we give you permission Come and have your way. Blast out of our hearts and minds and thinking anything that has hindered us from this way of living. Blast out of our minds and, and thinking and any strongholds that are there that stop us from accessing everything you want to give us through the spiritual realm. God, help us just be people who by faith grab it and, and try it out. Have a go. And even when we fall over sometimes, get up and have another go. Right? Help us, God. We do. We pray. Help us, God. Strengthen us, God. Strengthen us for the task that is to fulfill the desires out of your heart. Amen. That's what it is. I'm just going to ask you to keep your eyes closed just a bit longer as we're done. But I do just want to offer, we're talking about the spiritual realm, talking about who Jesus is and what the Holy Spirit does and who the Father is and revelation and things that I know some people Maybe there's people in the room that haven't even yet given their life to Jesus. Or you did it one time, but your love for him has grown cold. And so Jesus, I just, I pray right now for those people in the room. I pray just now, like Lydia, it says you opened her heart and she responded to the gospel by saying yes to you, God. And so I pray do that in people's hearts right now, Father. And in this room, if there's people here right now that want to say yes to the Lord, yes, I want to give you my life, Jesus. Yes, I want to make you my Lord and my Saviour. Or yes, yes, bring me back to the place of first love. I'm going to ask you to put your hand up now so I can see it. Everyone's eyes are closed so it won't be, people won't be looking around anybody else. Yep, great, thank you. Thank you, I can see it. Thank you. Thank you. All right.
Okay, well, pray with me, okay? Everybody, just raise your voice and add, add your faith to this too. So, Jesus, today I declare, I am yours. You are my Lord. You are my Saviour. I give you my whole life. I confess that I was once a sinner, but now through the gift of salvation, I am made whole. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me, Lord, to live for you every single day of my life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Great, great. Amen. Okay. Well, um, stick up, stick up. I have a photo really quickly. We're, we're done, so if you need to go get your kids. Real quick, I'm just going to stick up. The, well, it's really little, isn't it? Thanks, though. That's the best. You are awesome. It's my fault. Um, we do have, we are starting a prophetic community. Um, and it's like, it's going to be like a school. Um, it's free. The school is free. I'm probably going to um, just take people through a year of just in, hopefully quite intense training in the prophetic. But to get onto the app to do that, it's $22 for the year, which is really cheap, right? <laughs> it's, it's like a couple of coffees one week will pay for that. For the, the, the app is $22 for the whole year. It's called Tribe Jesus. But we're going to run this School of the Prophetic through, through the app. And there's going to be um, lots of uh, daily encouragement and activations in the prophetic and encouragement. And we're going to have coaches and help people really learn how to do this really well. All right. It's not because we just love the prophetic. As I said, the, we do love prophecy, but it's not about that. It is about learning how to action it and live it and apply it in our lives, how to really learn how to hear and obey the Lord. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you for joining us today. For more resources like this or to find information about our weekly services, visit seashorechurch.com. 